NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle. But again, with the commanding lead that they have going into the finals and dominance that they've demonstrated all year long, it's going to be very, very difficult for that. I mean, all you can really do is hope as, a, as another competitor that they stub their toe somewhere along the line and don't have the finals that it's looking like they're gearing to have. My two favorite stats from the bull riding were first to 15th is separated by $220,000. But every other event has multiple world champions. The bull riding is the only event where there's one world champ. You know, you can come in with that lead, but realistically, if you don't show up in the finals and show out, there's not much you can do about it. Howdy, this is Andy Seiler, and you are listening to NFR Extra. For all you geeks and rodeo freaks, trolls, welcome. It is time for the NFR Extra preview, we are going to talk about some of the competitions and everything that's happening, and we're going to apologize. We should have done this for years, but we finally got together and decided, you know what? We can't be the NFR Extra and not talk about what is actually happening inside the Thomas and Mac at the NFR. So that's what we're going to do. I'm excited, man. This year, this year is going to be, I think. A lot of shaking and baking. I think you're going to see a lot of things that come to fruition that uh, you expected. And there's going to be some things that happen that are absolutely not on the radar. And I think that that's going to be across the board in a lot of events and after parties. Well, the timer has gone off on the oven for the all-around world championship. I mean, that that's done. Right. Uh, as long as Stetson can continue to have a pulse through round number 10. Uh, that will be his sixth world title, his, I believe it's his fourth all-around world title. So you can go ahead and put that one in there. But the interesting thing to me is you start in the bareback riding, and this this to me is one of those years where it could truly be anyone's. I mean, with go-rounds paying 27000 28000 now, the average is almost up to 80000 when you go right down the line, uh, I mean, Cole Reiner comes in number one, and he is riding possibly the best he has in his young career. But you go right down the list. Jess Pope has won the average the last two years. And then you have some new names that I don't know if they're going to be world championship contenders, but they're definitely wild cards. Like, for instance, Rocker Steiner. You know, Rocker has has faced some injury issues in his first year but i i would love to see what this kid's going to do because his dad always lit up the thomas and mac so it's going to be fun to watch rocker in vegas yeah you talk dude i mean it's not a lot of money between one through what is it eight tim o'connell sitting eighth in the world and there's only thirty thousand dollars which like you said that's one round so you can have a tremendous leaderboard change just in the bareback riding on that Rocker Steiner, the rising star, the young gun that kind of took the world by storm in the bareback riding. And then just floating right around there in the sweet number five spot is KC Field. I mean, breaking records, he's already done that. And then 
you know, the cream rises to the top of this deal. You put the pressure on on these guys and you're going to see the guys that have been there that know how to handle themselves that know how to do everything. They're not, they're not going through the adjustments of like, Oh, what do I do? How do I do? This is brand new to me. I mean, they've, they're set in their routines. They're rocking hard. So yeah, I mean, the bareback riding is going to be a really, really fun one to watch. Rylan, I have to bring in your expertise on this. Who has the best hair in the bareback riding? Cause I, I don't have any. So I, I just, we've got some guys that have some serious manes going on. So if you had to pick out of the 15 guys, who, who's got the, the best mane and tail? Man, I just got to give it to Tilden Hooper though. Like every, okay. it's always Tilden that they talk about his hair. I don't know if yeah. that really is the best haircut or the best hair, but I mean, that's the man that gets to claim that fame. Steiner's rocking it though too though. Man. He is, he is. This is moppier. Tilden. Tilden literally puts his hat on though, because it's part of the dress code. Like first jump out of the shoots, it comes off every time. So, I mean, the, the hair is part of his whole, whole get up. So, uh, I, I, I agree. I think Tilden definitely wins that competition, but it's just, it's a really interesting race because it, when you look all the way down to 13, your guy, Clayton Bigelow, a, a yeah. former world champ, you know, he, he comes in and with just over a hundred thousand, but 60,000 bucks is nothing, you know, Pretty attainable. multiple guys win 180, 200,000 mm -hmm. with these new payouts. So this is, this is going to be a pretty fun race to watch when you see that you have three guys with gold buckles and it's, it's really anybody's to go grab. I want to stay with the horse riding side of things. Cause I think that the saddle bronc riding is going to have a lot of, Oh, wow. Who's this guy coming through? Uh, Newman is on an absolute runaway. You know, he's, he set the regular season career earnings on this deal with $253,000. That is a lot of money and that's a big lead, but Stetson Wright, who's proven himself time and time again, he's got the gold buckles and he's not stopping at, you know, being content with, I just want to win the world. I mean, when we talked to him this spring, he wants 30, he wants to win 30 world championships. So theoretically, this guy's in second year in his career, as far as he's going. Um, you know, that's not a whole lot as far as it's concerned for the money that is available at each one of these rounds. And then I'm going to go all the way down to 15. Uh, he's claiming his hometown state, which is Daniel Wyoming, but Tanner Butner is kind of, I mean, Montana, we claim him too. And he's not as wild as Wade Sundell, but he's got a lot of similarities. Doesn't wear a vest, like just straight cowboy type stuff making his, and it was a battle. It was a battle between Butner and Crawley, 15 and 16. And then by $3,000, Butner comes into the number 15 spot. And his whole entire truck is at the NFR. So I don't know what they got going on in that rig, but uh, Northwest is going to be well represented. And uh, I'm excited to see what uh, the young kid from the Cowboy State slash Big Sky State does. I think the crazy thing, too, was there's, there's $100,000 separating the top five but three out of the five top guys have never won a gold buckle. So Sage, Brody Cress, and Lefty Holman, those are guys that have never garnished a gold buckle. Now, I mean, there's 150,000 separating said Butner and hello, Newman. I, I just, I wonder what some of these younger guys are going to be able to do with it being their first or second, like Lefty, it's his second NFR. Uh, you know, Brody, he's won the average multiple times. So are, are they going to be able to play catch up or does Newman, you know, in one of his 
first few trips. I mean, is he able to continue to take the success that he's had from this record-breaking year and get his first gold buckle? But even on that, you mentioned Brady Cress, an average champion. He does that again this year? That ties him up with Sage, essentially. So it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, you can come in with that lead, but realistically, if you don't show up in the finals and show out, there's not much you can do about it. No, that's and a great point, Brylin, because, yeah. I mean, you win the average, that's 80000 okay? You win three rounds, so that, that's another 80000 so you're at one hundred and sixty right there, and if you're, if you're winning the average in the saddle bronc riding, you're placing in other rounds. So I, I would say with that group of guys, it is, I don't want to say easy because I can't ride saddle broncs, but it would be very, very simple for that group of saddle bronc riders to leave with two hundred grand it's attainable to say the very yes. least. And like you said, that's the difference between 15 to number one right now is those three round wins and then winning the average. And then also with all of this stuff, with that 10 days, it comes down to staying healthy. I mean, somebody gets hurt, somebody gets banged up in the shoot. Uh, we saw that with Peebles years ago in the bareback ride. And I mean, mm-hmm. a contender to go breaks his back. You know I mean? Look at Wade Sundell in the entry. What was that last year? Breaks his freaking back on a, on a, on a black horse. Come on. I mean, it's one of those deals that you're, you're riding one of the flag horses and that happens. So it really is, like I said, there's so many variables that go into this throughout the entire duration that it could be anybody's game in any one of these events. I think in the team rope, and this, this would be really, really cool for Caleb and Junior to go back to back. They come in with an $80,000 lead, you know, which is substantial, but I'd, I, I don't know that these guys, a, a bad finals to them, I think would be a hundred thousand, you know, right. and at, at 300 and almost 40,000, is anybody going to catch them if, if they were able to do that? You know, I mean, these guys could win multiple rounds because they've done it before and, and they've been solid in the average the past few years too. So that, that would be really, really cool. Cause I, I grew up with Caleb, but the conversations that we had earlier with them this year, it, it seems like they're not only focused on making their roping game better, but the horse flesh that they have now is second to none. And they're not thinking about just today. I mean, Caleb was telling us about the stud that he bought. I mean, they're, they're following in guys like Trevor's footsteps where they're trying to build literally from right. the foundation up. Yeah. The legacy side of it. And not only with that, the horse side too, but they have got a large amount of fresh cattle that they can dip into that they're partners with. So, I mean, that you look at the biggest asset you have for, for training tools is horses to rope off of and cattle to rope. And they have got all of it. Not to say that the other guys don't and that there's not other guys down the pipeline. But again, with the commanding lead that they have going into the finals and the dominance that they've demonstrated all year long, it's going to be very, very difficult for that. I mean, all you can really do is hope as a, as another competitor that they stub their toe somewhere along the line and don't have the finals that it's looking like they're gearing to have. Well, and I think what's interesting here in the team roping guys is sometimes they do ride a roller coaster, you know, in the team roping yes. event in general, the NFR, a lot of the times they play off of each other and those energies. And sometimes we'll have a couple nights where, you know, you only have those six times that are going to get a payout and that's it. So when we talk average and team roping, I think it actually is a bigger ordeal because of that essential wave that this event tends to ride at the finals. Well, and this right. is this is the 10th NFR for Caleb. So the first or second one, I, I would say that emotions would play a lot more into what he was going to do. But being that 
this is now a double digit qualification for for Caleb, I would say that you're you're going to see obviously the talent that he has, but you're you're going to see some some smart moves being made too. You know, when you come in with that kind of lead and not playing it safe, but <clears throat> you definitely go into more of a a protective mode versus just hey, I want to try to win the first five rounds. Well, and look at who's leading the lineup behind that door in second place on the heading side is Clay Tryon, 19 times to the NFR, three-time world champion, somebody that's well into the double digits for the experience on there, a consistent roper, had a good year. And there's nothing to shake your head at about 144,000. I mean, that's not, again, not an impossible gap close. But when you have, and you just go down, go down the list yeah. from right there all the way through, is any of these guys, they're all, and we were just talking to Ty Murray about that. Like the worst player in the NFL is still the best athlete you've ever met in your life. Like the contestants one through 15 are some of the best Cowboys you'll ever see. And they're all there for 10 days. Well, you, you think about, since we're talking about team roping, it's that rule of 1%. So obviously there's going to be a bunch of people roping at the South point roping in Wickenburg. And so 1%, move on to college, then the other 1% move on to the pros. So we're at the, the points of percentage points as to how good these guys are. Uh, I mean, when you're, <laughs> when you get down to those that just qualified Clay Smith, world champion, 13th, Chad Masters, right. world champion, 14th. Uh, and Riley minor has been there a lot. I don't know how many times <laughs> now, you know, him and his brother, he's 12th on the head side. So it, it's going to be really, really fun to watch because there's some there's some NFR rookies like Tanner Tomlinson and Lightning Aguilera, uh, Jonathan Torres, my neighbor. He's making yeah. his first on the on the heel side. So there's going to be some guys that are really, really hungry to try and make a name for themselves and and win some money in a quick way. Not to mention on the healing side, like you just mentioned, how many gold buckles are sitting in that group? I mean, oh gosh, that's crazy to a look lot. at our qualifications this year and see that this competition really is going to be that tight. Yeah. I mean, you go down, you've got, uh, you got Jade Corkill, then you have Wesley Thorpe and Patrick Smith. Patrick hasn't been there. I, I forgot the last time it, it's that he's qualified. It, it's been, it's been eight or 10 years, I think since, since Patrick's been back. So that'll be fun, you know, with him riding on rooster, you know, that, that beautiful, is it a buckskin or done? Like I, this is a, a debate that I can, I can never solve, but anyways, he's a beautiful stud that he'll be riding there. And, and so I'm anxious to see how that pans out. Do we think uh Bueller's going to bring the beard back? He should. There's a lot of power in a beard. That's, that's yeah. another world championship. Thank you for calling me out, Brylon. I needed that. Yeah. Bueller. Um, I, I don't know. I, I just think there's some looks that are so good for people. You should just keep it like right. just always bring it back. Always. Fear the beard. Fear the beard. I want to go to uh, another event, and this is very fun to look at, is the tie-down. And the reason being is because the number one and the number two guy in the world standings right now, we watched them come through the junior world final side, and now they're in the Thomas and Mac. And it's funny because you hear guys, like, oh, they got potential. You watch this kid. Someday they're going to be roping at the finals. And then when you see that and how good they are, Shad Mayfield kind of was forged the way through there and became a world champion and has made his presence known. And then John Douch, I remember watching John Douch 
when he came through and watching this guy, I was like, oh my gosh, here's a man. We got to ID this kid or something because there's no way that he has the ability, the size and the mental fortitude. And he's roping in the junior world finals. So, and then Riley Webb, Riley Webb's another one that we've watched for a long time. And uh, the Webb family, you know, I mean, they're very huge advocates for tie down roping and for the next generation and to see Riley. And he's kind of been on that bubble working his way up, but to have that presence there this year too. Um, it's going to be awesome to watch. So when you talk about one and two, uh, I, I think it's a, it's a tale of two seasons. Shad has lit it up everywhere he's gone. And it kind of reminds me of when he won his, his first world title there in 20. But John, a lot of people that win in Houston, they kind of they take it as a bankroll and then protect it, you know, like, all right, I've, I've pretty much punched my ticket. Let me get the extra 30 to 50,000 to make sure I get to a six digit number. But, you know, he won a little over 50,000 in Houston, but he's won another hundred plus after that. So he hasn't been that, that conservative guy. That's just, all right, well, I've guaranteed that I've paved my way. No, he's really taken it and ran with it. So, and, and I'm really proud for Riley because late in the season, uh, I had some conversations with him at places like Caldwell and it's so close. And this kid is going anywhere and everywhere to try and get himself over that proverbial hump. And for him to, to get some late wins in the season to where it really pushed him over the top and, and he made it to his first NFR. That's, that's really, really cool. Cause we've, we've really seen him grow up over the last five years. And the tie down also is one of those to where we've seen guys come in with those big leads and they just don't have a good finals. Their horse doesn't work right. They're, they're roping or they're tying or they've got the calf that gets free. One of those things. And, you know, you see somebody trying to come in on round number one and go one and a half with a half hitch and the calf kicks free. And it's like, oh my gosh. Cause when you take that average away from it. So the tie down roping is going to be very impressive, especially with the set of young contestants that we're looking at this year. Well, and I think the tie down roping is interesting in its own because there's so much more that goes into it. Like you mentioned the horsepower and the ability to have that good horse in the Thomas and Mac, the setup, the start. The start mm-hmm. is your everything in the team roping and the tie down roping in the building. Like it is such a short course and such a small span right. that if you're off, you're off. And if you can't get that start figured out, like there's so many more steps that have to come out after that little individual moment of your run as a tie down roper. It's kind of crazy to watch that event go on throughout the week and see those contestants get faster and faster each night. Well, and I don't know that the tie down ropers have an actual locker room, but when you look at the list of these guys, there's five world champions, four out of the top five coming in, have a gold buckle. So, you know, if you're John Douch, like you're, you're trying to pave your own way in the boys club here, because I, I would love to, to say, all right, one of those top five is going to have a bad finals, but you drop down to seven and there's tough Cooper, you know? So, right. I, and then you have I, nine I just, Marty eights. Th- that, that's, that is a really, really tough group of ropers. And, uh, and Schmidt's kind of Schmidt's sitting there on fourth, just kind of, just kind of, you know what I mean? Like you want to talk never. about just a wolf on your heels. I well, mean that, that him and that horse pockets, I, I mean, they, they just have a super chill vibe. It, it, it's almost like, Caleb's deal is if, if I went around great, but I want to place in every round, 
be there for calf number 10 and then let everybody else come get me, you know, and that, that kind of ice in your veins mentality is, is pretty neat to watch. And I think yeah. in our earlier conversations this year, this is almost the best setup Caleb could imagine. It's got, I mm-hmm. think this will give him the power and the placement that he kind of plays off of actually with that laid back yeah. attitude of no watch. I, I'll, I'll come to rope, but you're going to chase me. Yeah. He's two round wins away also from getting on top of what Shad's going into the finals with. Right. So, I mean, just, and again, go down, go down the list. I mean, you've got Corey Solomon, Marty Yates. I mean, you just, you go down all the way through. It's like these guys, there's literally no room for error. And you know, the money, you can't look at the money as far. I mean, obviously you can't look at the money, but once you go there from that first calf until you wrote the 10th one is there's not the margin of error that's available at say other rodeos. I mean, this is a hot battle that is going to be good to watch. Well, and then you look at Ty Harris though, like he came in on underdog last year and actually had a couple round wins and bump way up. Like that's what it takes is getting to the finals and being able to compete here because the money that's here is, I mean, uncomparable to your season. Yes. Your season is obviously so important, but your finals is just as important, if not more. Well, I've, I've seen him at the college finals. I've also seen Macon Murphy and Kincaid Henry. So like I say, I not, not that there is anyone that doesn't deserve to be at the national finals rodeo, but this is a, this is a stock pond full of tie down ropers. Every year, rodeo fans make their way to Las Vegas to immerse themselves in the Western lifestyle. For many, their NFR experience includes a trip or two to the Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas in search of more. More time with friends, more fashion, more entertainment, more choices, more autograph sessions, and more Vegas. The Cowboy Channel Cowboy Christmas, December 1st through 10th at the Las Vegas Convention Center, South Halls. Open daily from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. It's all here. Speaking of good horsepower, I, I would bet a lot of money on Jordan Briggs going back to back. I I really, really like that horse, and I really like their mentality from the conversation that we had with her and her husband earlier this year. I I just I really like what they do with their horse program and how they do it. And I just I think Rolo's gonna be really, really hard to beat coming off of the victory they had last year and and trying to repeat in 2022. I'm a big Jordan Briggs fan, especially after we got to spend a few days with her this year. Shocked and inspired are probably two words that come to mind when you realize how much has went into this journey for her individually. But I I can't take it from Donna Kay, Wenda Johnson, Stevie Hillman, Haley Kent. I mean, Sissy Wynn, Shelly. Wow. Emily Beisel. Some of the Brittany Posey Tanazi. I mean, Lisa Lockhart. What? Who else? Do Jessica Rotier. Jessica Rotier. I, I mean, I've seen her perform in conditions that most girls turned out on. And so, as far as like grit, you look at it. Like you said, you can't take it away from anybody. All the all the way down the line, Lisa Lockhart. You know, I mean, you're dealing you're dealing with gunslingers in that. But the only thing faster than uh, Briggs and Rolo might be Briggs and a cheetah. <laughs> I just want to play golf with her husband. It seems uh seems like he has a good time on the golf course. But yeah. I you can't you can't knock out Haley Kinzel though. You know, I mean they've done some magical things in that building and I I, I kind of like that this year she's in the middle of the pack because there've been some other years where 
I hate to say it, we kind of yawned a little bit because she was so far out in front. But now when when you have to be the chaser versus the number one racer, it's it's kind of a little bit of a a different way of looking at things. So she's she saved sisters in some or sister in some different spots uh that that I was at this summer. So I, I think I think both Rolo and Sister are gonna be ready to battle it out. So I, I can't wait to see who who comes out on top. Well, and I think watching her this season was a lot different than normal seasons. Like you said, we saw a lot of different horses come out with Haley versus the number one. So Mm -hmm. will she continue that at the finals or will sister kind of be main mount? I think that'll be most interesting. It'd be a good question to ask kind of like a pitch count thing. You know, is there a, is there a setup? Is there a number of rodeos? How, how does that work? Because I, there were some big spots where you're like, oh, okay. We're not riding sister. All right. Which it's not my horse. It's not my program to manage. So I, I totally understand that, but yeah, Brittany being in the 12th spot too. I, I mean, that that's, that's going to be someone who comes in very, very aggressive. So that'll be, that'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. The other event that always seems to be one of the tighter races has a little bit more leeway, but that's the steer wrestling. Um, you know, you look at what 15, what it takes to qualify in the series in this year, $78,000 in the number 15 spot for Nick guy. So that's essentially half of what Stetson Jorgensen has. But again, Stetson isn't on a complete runaway. 134,000 is a pretty attainable number to reach in the steer wrestling at the finals. And then you go up from 15 all the way up there. And you look at these guys, the steer wrestling to me has always been one of those ones that is just an absolute knife fight. I mean, it is a barroom brawl all the way down and it comes down to who's got the best start. Like you were talking about Rylan, who has got the horse that's dialed in and who's working and who stays healthy and who doesn't miss the horn, doesn't miss the nose, doesn't, you know, those little things when you're shooting at arena times of like three seconds, there's so much stuff that takes place there. And you're trying to be that fast you want to win the round of course but the average in the steer wrestling i think is one that's going to pay dividends this year well and i have to mention my favorite thing about the steer wrestling is the horsepower because you only see a couple team of horses that actually are trusted enough to carry these guys and they all know it they know these are the best horses they share them because of that minor element and that just tells you how important that horsepower is when they say like Hey, I'm going to give up a percentage of my money each night because I know my opportunity is that much larger when I ride that horse or that team. And the hazers. I mean, we never talk about the hazers, but something so important in that event that is sometimes overlooked entirely. And and Stetson will be the first to give a lot of credit to his mayor Mabel, you know, and and so he's I, I just I feel bad for some of these guys because you come in number one, you're so excited, like, here we go. And right behind you is Tyler Waggis back. Uh, <laughs> right. you know, I mean, no, no big deal. Just a three-time world champ that raining. Yeah. Eats, eats gophers and, and turtles and Turtle. whatever else can go in a pot of gumbo. Um, but I, I just, th- this, this really is the most intriguing one to me because you you look at some of the names that are on there and how hot guys get those first five rounds and all it takes is one little bobble in the middle and that aha or gotcha moment is right there and a wag or a will loomis or one of those guys steps up and 
and just blows right by you, you know, and well, dude, talk about a stud horse. And there's only $30,000 between number eight of Dakota Eldridge and number one and Dakota eight times to the NFR. And the guy's still healthy. He's still in great shape. To my knowledge, hasn't had any major injuries that would be hindrance for him to do exceptionally well at this NFR. And, you know, kind of similar to uh, like, like we're again, talking to Ty Murray about that where he didn't retire or he didn't have a family until he retired this deal. Almost like you see some of these timed event guys really start hitting some weird strides when they do have a family. Cause now it's like, I've got to make some money because otherwise I'm going to be back at the ranch, you know? And I think that Dakota, if we had to do a dark horse, Dakota Eldridge is going to be my dark horse for a guy who I would love to see when the steer, uh, steer wrestling is here. You know, I'm Team Nevada over here, so I got to give Dakota that extra umph just for that one minor reason. He did grow up here in Nevada, and it's been awesome to watch him from the start, even as I was a little, little kid, because he definitely was not rodeoing with me. But, you know, special to see him with his family as well, because you talk about a man that's been consistent. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I should know this off the top of my head, but the average titles that he has taken home, two of them, and two years apart, that's actually not as common as people realize to take multiple right. average titles home. Right. All right. If we're going with Homer picks, then I'm going with Kyle Irwin. He's got kids and a lot of them. Uh, I, I don't know if they're planning to stop or not. But, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Kyle, I think Kyle is in a spot where he appreciates making it back this year uh, more than some in the past because of his family being able to go and, and the work he puts in at home and, and some of the different events he produces. So I'm, I'm anxious to see what, what Kyle can do. Cause he seems to be pretty excited about going back. You know, and what's interesting about this group, we, you know, had conversations earlier this year with steer wrestlers or about steer wrestlers in general off topic, but they're not super young. Something that's kind of crazy. No. When you think about the steer wrestling, Roddy parents, one of our youngest guys here, and he's almost 28 years old. Like, mm. The steer wrestling is that tight because of the camaraderie and the ability to train together. Like it takes that long to be able to be successful and be able to compete with these champions. Comparative to the tie down roping, obviously it's two separate events, but tie down ropers, we got 19 and 20 year olds that'll make it. And that's something that's kind of crazy when you start comparing that. When Rowdy, I think his first year, he was 24, and that was the youngest guy we had seen in the steer wrestling then. Well, those guys are chasing horses too. You know, I, I mean, if you're, you talk about the importance of entering and, and being at the right place at the right time. Well, if you don't own said horse, you have to kind of follow where some of these other guys are entering. And that, that definitely makes it difficult, but a horse that's been out in the lead in the bull riding in a big way is stats and right. Surprise, surprise. Uh, he comes in with a $90,000 lead. So, if he can ride three or four bulls and get a check, this one is almost in the bag unless Josh really, really catches fire. Uh, Josh has a $40,000 lead over the third place, man. Reigning average Asky. champion. Yep, yep. So uh, I, I just, I don't know. You, you watch this guy ride, and last time I saw him was at Las Vegas Days, and he slapped his bull, but he was – he was getting ready to win that rodeo. So it just, it seems like w when you get high praise from Ty Murray, mm -hmm. you're doing some very, very special things. And when Ty can appreciate his level of talent, this is, this is something awesome to watch. 
The thing that blew me the, the away the most is when we talked to him at the World Champions. And if you guys haven't heard this one already, I invite you to go back to uh, listening to Stetson Wright uh, early, earlier this spring when we asked him what his goals were. And it's to beat Trevor Brazil. To beat Trevor Brazil, who is the winningest cowboy of all time, by not just a couple of titles, he had 30. Stetson said, I want to have 30 world championships. And that's another 10 years of rocking and rolling. And so he's not seeing each one of these wins as like, oh man, I did it. I'm great. I mean, he's seen as like, okay, uh, six down, 24 to go. And that's kind of the mental attitude that you have to have on that side. And are we seeing a change of the guard in the bull riding? Because Sage, Sage Kinsey dominated it for so long to where Sage would come in there and have kind of like what you're talking about with in the barrel racing uh, with Kinsel to where it's like, it's almost not really fun because we know nobody is able to even win. I mean, they're shooting for second is all that they're doing. Yeah. And now with Stetson on this side and Frost is not to be taken lightly though, either because Frost is right there and hammering on the door. So it'll be very, very interesting to see how this goes. And I think that the first, like the halfway through it, you're going to have a clear understanding of what we're looking at in the bull riding and like you said, the all-around title, that's already been signed, sealed, and delivered. But the bull riding, I think about day five, you'll have a clear understanding. My two favorite stats from the bull riding were first to 15th is separated by $220,000. But there's only every other event has multiple world champions. The bull riding is the only event where there's one world champ, and that's Stetson. So I don't think it's going to happen. But if somebody else were to unseat Stetson Wright, that would be their first world title. So that that would be pretty neat to to see. But that's that's the only competition at this year's NFR where there's only one world champ. Well, and with five world titles at the ripe age of 23 years old, I mean, this kid is he's staying healthy and he's gunning. You know what I mean? Like he's got and he's he does have that competitive edge of as you just said, Andy, the only world champion in the bull ride, all these other guys are hungry and want to prove themselves. And Stetson is equally as hungry and wanting to prove that he's going to be the best. And one whose name is deserving to be in the rafters in years to come. I just, I, I don't know that you watch this guy. He, he rode a bull uh, named Domino from powder river at Caldwell. And it was just one of those things where we were building it up because this bull had just won a fraternity and you just think in your mind, this is a young bull. He doesn't have a bunch of history. There's no way this guy rides him. Stetson does it. So it, it seems like every time you, you think, ah, he's not, he's, he's really good. You know, I mean, he's five time world champ, but he can't do this. And then he does it, you know? So that, that's what just makes me think that out of all these contest that we're talking about i just feel like everybody's playing for second in the bull ride right well and i feel like stetson is one of those and i curious if we ever can have a conversation with his mother but he's one of those that you <laughs> tell him he can't do it and he's going to show you that he can like that's the matter of like who he is as a person like watching him compete and become this champion and seeing him evolve has really shown that like Everyone said, like, there's no way he'll sustain riding two events. He'll do it for two years. He'll win both titles. He'll be done. Like, we all kind of uh, watched that happen. And now he's doing it and doing it better each year. Like, to see him come into the finals this year, I'm actually really excited to watch how he performs in both events 
knowing that he's done it before. This isn't the first time. He wants to show up and be the best that he is. Don't you stick that knife in your leg, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I'll bet on Stetson. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting to see, and we're not that very, uh, not very far away, I should say, from a round number one. And let's watch and see what happens and if any of the guesstimations that we have can come to fruition. And we'll do everything we can to, to keep you guys updated. And we're looking to have some conversations with some of the athletes as we go along. But we appreciate you guys listening. And we can't wait to see you at the NFR uh, in Las Vegas here for 2022. Viva Las Vegas. Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit NFRexperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now. If you like what you've heard on NFR Extra, we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe.